News Radio WTMJ Milwaukee. At 12 noon, it's 42 degrees, mostly to partly cloudy and mild today, a high of 53. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, I'm Eric Bilstead. As the controversy over data privacy continues, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg now plans to testify before Congress. That, according to CNN, this is lawmakers look to shed more light on how much of our information is out there. Don't delete Facebook, regulate it, so say some social media watchdogs who think it may be time to oversee social media like it's a public utility. You and your data are the product. That says UW professor Dave Schrader is the trade-off for using free social media sites. These platforms monetize the way that you use it with advertising and by selling that information to third parties. And that's really the core of the issue here. Schrader says regulation won't come easy. Until then, he says it's on us to manage how our data is shared while avoiding those third-party apps disguised as innocent quizzes. It's not about the quiz. It's about access to your data. Stay away from those kind of things on Facebook. Gene Miller, WTMJ News. Meanwhile, British lawmakers have been hearing from the man who blew the whistle on a political firm's use of the data from millions of Facebook users. Christopher Wiley alleging that his old bosses at Cambridge Analytica broke election laws all over the world. They don't care whether or not what they do is legal as long as it gets the job done. Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg has refused to appear before the Parliamentary Committee, prompting this from British Prime Minister Theresa May. What I hope is that Facebook will recognize why this is so significant to people and ensure that the committee is able to get to the answers that they want. With or without those answers, regulators on both sides of the Atlantic could be moving closer to slapping some kind of regulatory handcuffs on the social media giants. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Milwaukee's Common Council bans the practice of conversion therapy. We are providing a protection for young people in a vulnerable population uh, here in this community. Milwaukee Alderman and co-sponsor of the resolution, Cavalier Johnson, says the measure is more preventative than anything, but it's a step in the right direction. While there may not be a ton of practices happening in the city of Milwaukee, we don't want that happening in the city of Milwaukee. Critics argue that it affects the faith-based community in Milwaukee, but the Alderman disagrees. If a young person... Uh, wants to seek out spiritual help from their faith leader, they still are able to do that. At Milwaukee City Hall, Tony Badock, WTMJ News. A judge in Dane County will hear arguments this afternoon on the state DOJ's request to delay an order requiring Governor Walker to call special elections for two open legislative seats. The hearing today comes as GOP leaders prepare to pass a measure designed to skirt around the order. A public hearing takes place tomorrow. News about your money, volatility on Wall Street. The Dow up 170 today, big day yesterday. It was a big bad day last week as things fell. So it's up and down. Investing Sense host Andy Smith tells WTMJ Steve Scafidi, you have to look broadly at all of this. You can hear much more. It's 12.08. This is Jeff Wagner. Glad to have you with us. Brief show today, um, baseball at 1 o'clock, all leading up to opening day, which is at 2 o'clock on Thursday. Quick reminder, Insight 2018, it is tomorrow evening. Still some tickets available if you want to go to WT, we'll accommodate you. Um, going to be a lot of people there, but we will be able to accommodate you. If you go to WTMJ.com, um, you will see Jeff Wagner's Insight 2018. You can click on that. You still have a chance to uh, download tickets for the event. Uh, matter of fact, it's been a lot of fun just putting together the different questions. I'm going to ask a number of people. We'll have Governor Walker there, Attorney General Brad Schimmel, Congressman Glenn Grothman. We'll have, uh, you'll be able to hear from both of the Republican Senate candidates, my dear friend, 
Kathleen O'Leary is going to be there, and Judge Michael Skrenick, who is going to be on the ballot. Uh, the election is one week from today for the state Supreme Court case, uh, state Supreme Court election. Judge uh, Skrenick is the conservative candidate running against the... Gee, I want to bring San Francisco values to Wisconsin, liberal Rebecca Dallet. Uh, you'll be able to hear and meet Judge Skrenick in person. Again, that's Insight 2018. It is tomorrow night. Hope to see you there. All right. A couple things to cover on today's program. A little bit later on, Eric Bilstadt was mentioning this in the news. Heineken Beer has now been forced to pull an ad. I saw the ad on television multiple times, I swear, hand in my air. Hand in the air. It never occurred to me that somebody could find this particular ad to be racist. But in the world of the politically correct and the perpetually offended, somebody can find racism in anything. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. If you want to see the ad, it's only a 30-second ad. If you want to see it, you can text me the word beer, B-E-E-R, as in beer run, to 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I'll send you a link to this ad. I'll describe it so if you know you don't get it, you'll still be able to participate in the segment. But nevertheless, it's just seeing this ad and then seeing what some people are saying about it, it just tells me that there are... There's really two worlds out there, and I think there's one that 99% of people live in, and then there's that 1%, the squeaky wheels, who in today's day and age get the grease. But we will talk about that. If you want to see the ad, B-E-E-R, text me the word BEER to 414-799-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, let's start off with big story number one. Uh, John Paul Stevens is a retired Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. He was appointed by Gerald Ford, who was a Republican, and pretty quickly turned out, I think, to be a pretty big disappointment to uh, President Ford. He he sort of immediately um, went to the left and was a reliable vote for liberals, despite being appointed by Republicans. He is out with an op-ed piece today in the New York Times, And it says, repeal the Second Amendment. Now, for those of you who might not be familiar with the Second Amendment and its language, here's what the Second Amendment says. Second Amendment to the Constitution, 1789, says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right, well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And of course, the history of this is, you know, you had the, the founding fathers. You know, they, it was an uprising. You know, they essentially created this country. You know, fought back against the, the British. And the idea was, okay, you, you need guns to do that. We're not going to infringe on that. For years and years and years, actually, you know, decades and decades and. Um, over a couple centuries, um, some people argued that the right of the people to keep and bear arms was to be interpreted by that first clause, a well-regulated militia. In other words, there was no individual right to bear arms. It was only, the Second Amendment really only meant that you have, a militia has the right to bear arms. Now, I would argue that that would render it meaningless. Um, 
the Second Amendment is, of course, not absolute. You know, you have you, you can't buy a machine gun without appropriately registering it. You can't have a sawed-off shotgun. You can't have a bazooka. So there have always been limits on this. But a number of people have believed that there was no individual right. You, as a private citizen, did not have a right to own firearms. All right? That was all changed with a Supreme Court case in, I think it was, uh, 2008. And this was a Supreme Court case that Justice Stevens violently opposed. They said, no, this, this is not right. It was called um, United States versus uh, District of Columbia versus Heller. And, and there the Supreme Court said, well, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms means what it says. That means that people have a right to own firearms individually outside of a militia. Well, okay, Justice John Paul Stevens doesn't like that. So he's out with a piece today, an op-ed piece in the New York Times, where he says, look, I saw all these protests over the weekend, and they're all well and good. But the truth is, the protesters are, are arguing for the wrong things. You know, they're, they're talking about, they're, they are essentially nibbling at the edges. They're talking about, you know, wanting to, you know, universal background checks, or putting limits on, you know, the ability of a people to possess a certain type of firearm or nothing. He said, that, that's not what you need to do. He said, what they need to do is they need to go after the Second Amendment. And he says, you know, what we need to do is if they really want to really want to advance something, what they need to argue is that we should repeal the Second Amendment. Because it's only by repealing the Second Amendment that you will get meaningful gun reform. You know, you repeal the Second Amendment then you could theoretically ban the manufacture of any type of firearm you want. You repeal the Second Amendment, and you could have confiscation of firearms. Now, he doesn't say that, but that's what the effect would be. You know, if there's no rights of citizens to possess firearms, you could simply have Congress pass a law signed by a particular president that says there is no private right to own guns. People have to surrender their handguns. People have to surrender their hunting rifles. Without the Second Amendment, you could do whatever you wanted, essentially, with regard to removing firearms from society. And he says, look, this is the key. He said, let's stop fooling around with all this other stuff because as and I think the point he's trying to make is, as people like me argue, you know, all right, how are you going to deal with AR-15s? There's eight, you can say, okay, we're not going to manufacture any more AR-15s, but there's eight million in private hands. And if somebody doesn't, wants to commit a mass shooting and they don't have access to the AR-15s, well, then they're just going to use a handgun or some other similar type of firearm. But if we repealed the Second Amendment, you could get rid of those guns, theoretically. So he says it's time all these people marching for guns control, that's all fine, but they're not concentrating on the right thing. We should repeal the Second Amendment, which would essentially then allow the government to do whatever it wanted when it came to regulating firearms. Now, he doesn't say it, but again, I, I think you repeal the Second Amendment, and there's nothing that would stop government from being able to, say, possession of this type of gun or that type of gun or all guns is illegal, turn them in or go to prison. So let's tee this up. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Former Justice John Paul Stevens says, we need to repeal the Second Amendment. What do you think? 414-799-1620. We discuss next. I'll tell you where I come down on this as well. It's 1217. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. John Paul Stevens, 
a retired associate justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, says, hey, the Second Amendment is it's a relic of the late 1700s. It has no relationship to what is going on in the world today. If we want to have meaningful reform, we need to repeal the Second Amendment. If you repeal the Second Amendment, then you can you can ban the private ownership of firearms. You know, then it's a legislature could, without the Second Amendment protection, legislature could decide, all right, we're not going to manufacture AR-15s. We're not going to allow private ownership. We're not going to allow manufacture of pistols. We're not going to allow private ownership. All right, is this the way to go? Let's start with Marty in West Dallas. Marty, you're on WTMJ. How are you doing? Enjoy I'm Marty. your show. Thanks Thank for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, how are you going to house all these people in prison that aren't going to turn in their guns? We oh. have a prison problem already. There's no way you're going to get all these people to turn in their firearms. Well, that's you, you mean to, yeah, you mean that law-abiding citizens, the millions and millions and millions of people who own firearms, you think that some of them might might simply decide that they're not going to give up their guns, and then law enforcement would have to do something with them, huh? That, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And how is there? I don't think there's a big enough law enforcement agency that's going to be able to go around and collect all these weapons. Right, and of course, once you do that, I mean, I don't you mean to use the cliche that when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns, but that's that is kind of that that is kind of true. If if you've gotten the if you get the the families who have the the handgun that's in the nightstand for protection because they live in a relatively rough area, if they turn those in, I doubt that the people who might be kicking in the doors to again commit violence on those folks, I doubt they're going to turn in their guns. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, it would just be going back to, I hate to bring it up, but the Gestapo would be going from house to house looking for guns. Um, and I think, yeah, no, I mean, no, thanks. Now, now some people might say, oh, Jeff, you're overreacting to this. I mean, nobody's talking about confiscating guns. Yes, I, I think that is, see, that's, that is the logical extension of this. Nobody, I think, seriously argues that the Second Amendment is absolute. I mean, that's why you do have reasonable restrictions on firearm ownership. Again, you, you can't own a machine gun unless it's registered. You've got a stamp and all that type of stuff. There are various types of firearms which are illegal to own. So it's not absolute. You remove the Second Amendment, and then you open the door for Congress or a legislature to do whatever it wants with regard to guns, including saying private ownership of guns is unlawful. And that is what this guy, this former justice is arguing the second amendment is a relic it was never intended to allow people to private citizens to possess firearms i don't think that's right at all 414-799-1620 i i agree with marty first of all i do not believe this is a practical thing secondly i i think that many of us are sensitive to the issue of gun violence no question about it but i don't think that that means that we as Americans, the law-abiding citizens who do not create problems with guns, are willing to give up our firearms. And that, see, at least I think former Justice Stevens gets credit for coming out. And, and look, this is what I think a lot of people have been arguing about. The, a lot of the people who talk about repealing the Second Amendment are gun banners. That's what this is all about. And I don't think the country is ready for that. Steve in Brookfield. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, I mean, as morbid as it, as it thanks for taking my call, sure. by the way, as morbid as it sounds, I, I think that could really put this country on a civil war course. 
You know, I mean, you've got you've got more gun owners in this country than enlisted and reserved military. Who's going to enforce that? I mean, I, I, I get it. It's a ludicrous idea. But I think if it were to be pushed, that's the direction things would go. Well, right, because, I mean, I, I always flash back to the late Charlton Heston. Remember him, you know, when he was the head oh, of the, yeah, from yeah. my cold dead hands. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I, I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of firearms owners doing And I, I understand, Steve, some people might think that this is kind of la-la land that we're talking about. But he, here you have a retired justice of the Supreme Court right. saying, repeal the Second Amendment, and that will allow you to have meaningful gun control reform. Well, what's he talking about? I mean, he's talking about gun confiscation, I believe. Exactly, exactly. It's a very slippery slope, and there's a lot of young Americans listening to these words that are going to grab onto that. Right, exactly, not recognizing the full scope of what we're talking about. Now, again, I just, I, I, I think that this is one where, you know, there have to be reasonable voices. I've made the argument for the longest time that I, I think you can't be an absolutist. There are reasonable, common-sense things that you can do um, that aren't going to necessarily prevent some psychopath from being able to get a gun, but can at least make it a little more difficult for people to get firearms. I mean, again, I start with my basic premise. We are way too soft in this country on people who commit crimes with firearms. That would be my starting point of this. And the truth is, the vast majority of people who own firearms do not create a problem. They use them to hunt. They use them for personal protection. They're not out robbing 7-Elevens or going into a store and into a school and shooting it up. That is just such a small, small, small percentage of overall firearm users. I would always say, let's focus on that small percentage that are creating the problem instead of saying, let's ban the Second Amendment so theoretically we can confiscate firearms firearms or ban the manufacture of firearms, something that is completely and totally impractical. Uh, Paul in Milwaukee. Paul, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. Hi, Paul. What uh, do you think? I'm a Democrat, and I'm against repealing mm-hmm. the Second Amendment. I think that they just need to tighten up things like better background yep. checks. I think that there should everybody buying a gun, whether it's at a gun show or whatever, should have to go through a background check. Um, they should have to register all guns so they can be more traceable. You know, cause passing from hand to hand, nobody knows who has this gun. Mm-hmm. But just common sense is some of the things they could tighten up, you know, but everybody should be able to own a gun. Right, and, and then and then for people, for example, I, I would... I don't have a problem with universal background checks. I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I would support what they call these red flag laws. So if you have people who appear to be mentally ill, the ability to maybe get an injunction, take any firearms away from them um, before they're able to, you know, do what they're they're talking about doing, like the Parkland shooter. There's all sorts of stuff you can do, but we're not ready to confiscate firearms in this country. I don't believe. No, I think they should also. Go into their juvenile records when they do background checks. Oh, right. Thanks. I absolutely. Thanks. You see, we. This is it. We are reasoning together. I'm the guy who has been arguing for the longest time that we should not protect the, the juvenile records. If you are juvenile and you commit a, what would be a felony if committed as an adult, or it's a crime of violence, I don't think that should be protected. I think people should be able to know that for a variety of reasons, not just purchasing or acquiring a firearm, but also, I mean, I think if you're living in a neighborhood and you have somebody who's been engaging in insultive behavior at the age of 16, but we've decided to treat him as a juvenile, I think the neighbor should 
should know about it. I candidly do not think this is constructive, what John Paul Stevens is talking about, repeal the Second Amendment. But we'll see where it goes. It's 1227. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Twelve thirty-seven. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Um, he didn't enter last season as a closer, but Corey Knable earned the job and made some history along the way. How is he preparing for his first full season as the Brewers' closer? Greg Matzik goes one-on-one with the flamethrower on Sports Central tonight at seven fifteen, live from Minute Maid Park in Houston. Uh, the final Brewers exhibition game coming up in about twenty minutes or so. Keep in mind, Insight twenty eighteen is tomorrow night. You can still get tickets. Go to WTMJ dot com. Opening day, the Brewers open in San Diego. It is Thursday at 2 o'clock. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be rebroadcasting a portion of Insight from noon until 2, and then uh, we'll play the rest on Friday. Home opener, um, always a big day, kind of a state holiday. That is Monday. We've got an extravaganza. I'm going to be in the dugout doing interviews with the Brewer players like we've done it the last several years. Going to be just a lot of fun. number of people are contacting me saying, Jeff, the, this justice wants to repeal the Second Amendment. How, how how do you do that? And it is understandably very difficult. What you would need, there's two ways to do it. You'd need two-thirds of both houses of Congress. That would be um, the House and the Senate. Two-thirds to pass the proposed constitutional amendment. Then that would go to the states for ratification. Um, or you need three-fourths of the states to ratify the proposed amendment either by their legislatures or special ratifying conventions. I don't see that happening at all, which is another reason why I find Justice, former Justice Stevens' comments to be um, not helpful at all. All right. B-E-E-R, as in beer run, to 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here is the story. And, and I confess, I have probably seen this ad a, a dozen times and I, I've never noticed it before. Heineken, I, 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 there's some cable channel I watch. It might be, it might be soccer. I've started watching soccer, and Heineken is one of the sponsors. And they don't have a lot of sponsors, so they show the same ads over and and over again. So Heineken has this new ad promoting its its Heineken Light brand. Um, Here's how I would describe it. There's an outdoor bar set in in a tropical kind of setting. I mean, it's you you can kind of see like a beach in the background and things like that. So it's an outdoor beach bar. And the the tagline for the beer, now keep in mind, it's Heineken Light, is lighter is better. They're trying to promote light beer. Here's It's a 30-second commercial. Here's what happens. You have... A, as they describe it, a, a fair-skinned bartender who takes a bottle of Heineken Light. He's at one end of the bar. He slides the bottle down to the other end of the bar. As he is sliding the, bo- the bottle of beer down to the other end of the bar, it goes past three darker-skinned people, two women and a man. And then it gets to the end of the bar, and it ends up in the hands of a a woman who is, well, I don't know that she's a a Caucasian. I mean, she's 
a light lighter skinned than the the three people that the bottle passes through. But I don't necessarily think she's white. She's just she's fairer skinned. And I guess when I see this ad, I think, oh, this is set in like Jamaica or something like that. That was the setting I have. But the beer bottle gets passed down the bar. It goes past two darker skinned women and one darker skinned guy, and it ends up in the hands of a fairer-skinned woman. When the drink reaches the destination, the words, sometimes lighter is better, pops up on the screen. Okay? So it's the lighter beer, and of course, what's happening is they kind of slow-mo the thing as the beer bottle is going down the bar, uh, again, giving you this idea. What they're trying to say is, oh, isn't this tasty? Isn't this great? Go buy Heineken Light. All right. I, I swear, I've seen this commercial a dozen times, and I don't know if I think it's a good commercial or not, and I'm not really a fan of Heineken light beer, but I, I, I just, I watch it, and I thought, oh, okay, here, they're, they're going after, uh, again, they're trying to promote this light beer. Lighter is better. Well, what happens is, people on the Twitterverse, uh, many of whom have way too much time, starting with Chance the Rapper, Watch this, and they start commenting. And Chance the Rapper says, um, I think these companies are putting out notably, noticeably racist ads so they can get more views. Sometimes lighter is better is a racist thing. How dare they do this? All right, let's open up the phone lines. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As I always say on these various segments, I think... There still remains real racism in this world. And I think that when you see real racism, it needs to be identified, called out, and condemned. At the same time, I, I, I really believe that there are people that wake up every day politically correct and perpetually offended who are looking for something to be bothered about and are looking to try to find racism where none exists. I mean, this is an ad primarily featuring people of color. Like I say, the, the woman that ends up with the beer, is she lighter skinned than the people that the beer passed through? Yeah, but I'm not necessarily convinced. I don't know that it's a Caucasian woman. I, I think, again, am, but she's fairer skinned. Is this overtly racist? Really? And is there something wrong with lighter is better when they're trying to promote light Beer, 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss next. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1243, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1247, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Kevin in Belgium writes, Jeff, I viewed the commercial. I thought the bartender and the woman who receives the bottle of beer were more Latino than anything else. So I guess Chance the Rapper is suggesting Latinos are racist also. I I, I, I agree, but I again, the, the thing, they're also irritated with the idea, lighter is better. Oh, what a racist slogan. You, you look at some people that are on, on the, the Twitterverse, oh, this is incredibly racist. We should never drink Heineken again. Really? Let's start with Steve in Green Bay. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Like I told your caller, Excuse I guess me. I can't use the words of Sergeant Hocus saying lighten up, friends. <laughs> I guess he was a racist, too. But I, I agree with you. I, I think people have way too much time on their hands, and they're way too easily offended. Well, well, right. I mean, they're, they're pushing light 
beer. And, and the other interesting thing is one of the things that's around now is there's this huge push to use people of color in ads. You know, there's this whole thing that, hey, you know, we, we're, we're, we're discriminating because the ads are, aren't multicultural enough. So now you have an ad that features arguably a couple Hispanic people and a couple African Americans or black people. And, and, and it's like, oh, this is terrible as well. You, you know, would, if this, if this had been all white people, would it have been racist as well? I mean, you know, lighter is better. They're pushing light beer, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks for calling. I mean, I, I guess I just look at this. Peter in Glendale. Peter, you're on WTMJ. I, I agree with you. Uh, people have time, too much time in the hands. Like, the rapper should stay with rapping and writing music and stay out of <laughs> politics. I mean, it, it's a little bit silly. Lighter is better. If I remember, I was in liquor business for years, and I think lighter is better. It's been a... Heineken logo for one heck of a long time, so it is what it is. Um, just much ado about nothing, in your opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank. Well, I tell. Thanks, Michael. But I mean, again, Heineken has now pulled this ad. This ad has been eighty-six because, again, you have a relative handful of people who see this. They are now offended, and so it becomes this kind of mini crisis this cause celeb 414-799-1620 barbara in mcguanago barbara you're on wtmj hello uh, hello uh, i've seen the ad several times and i agree with the other callers i don't know what the big deal is i have never noticed what color anybody was where the beer flew past or who <laughs> caught it so what is the big deal about this whole thing it, right. It, um, well, I, again, and I, like I said earlier, Barbara, I mean, I, I acknowledge there's real racism in, in this world, but it's, you know, they've got various people of color at this bar. I, I think they were trying to create kind of a tropical motif for this. Um, they're, they're hiring actors who are people of color. I think Heineken, I think the ad agency is probably the most shocked about this, going, what, it, what do you mean? There's, what's the racist element? We're, we're, the setting is a, a beach bar in Jamaica or something like that. Exactly. I think that people are just taking this all, all too serious about this racial stuff. And uh, it, it's just going too far with everything. Well, well thanks for I mean, again, I, I found this to be an interesting story simply because, you know, sometimes you watch ads and you go, oh, that one's kind of pushing the envelope or that that's kind of a, an edgy sort of thing. I guess I didn't I didn't see this ad as being even particularly edgy. It, it's there to to push. Hey, look how good this is. It's light beer. Would it have been racist if instead of two black women and a black guy that the beer passed through if this had been white people would, would that would that have would it still have been racist is that what the real beef is that you've got the slogan that says lighter is, is better and, and is that really racist let's talk to charlotte in west bend charlotte you're on wtmj hello hi i'm just viewing it through kind of an advertising room when you're awarded a contract for to advertise for heineken or whoever you're probably making millions of dollars, and you probably have people who are making really good salaries creating this ad. And whether you think it's offensive or not, or whether your callers think it's offensive or not, at some point, knowing that the world has kind of become more sensitive to this, somebody should have kind of caught it. I think somebody didn't do their job. This ad probably should have never even made it. Okay, but at at some point in time, do you have to... When you're trying to create advertising, do you have to give in to the lunatic fringe? Because like I say, there's going to be somebody somewhere who is always going to be offended by by something. 
And, and so, I mean, right. is, is that what you really need to do, create advertising for the, the lowest common denominator that, that, you know, this, I mean, because then, then you're not going to get anything. Then it's going to be all pablum. <laughs> well, no, I don't think that that's the case, because knowing that racial tensions are high, I don't exactly call that the lunatic fringe. I mean, that's kind of one of the bigger issues in the country, and as I said, and even in the world, and as I said, when you're paying that kind of money, somebody somewhere should have at least raised that question, and maybe somebody did. Well, do, do you but, think that, I mean, do you, I guess, do you think the phrase, the lighter is better, that that is an inherently racist phrase and they shouldn't be allowed to use it? I don't think that it really matters what I think. I think that you just need to be viewing it that way. Okay, do you think it is reasonable, do you think it is reasonable for someone when you're trying to sell beer, and that's what this is, to view the phrase, lighter is better, as racist? I think, yeah, I think in in today's climate, yeah, I do think that, I mean, clearly people are. Well, I mean, a handful of, right, I mean, thanks, I mean, I guess, I mean, people are, but but people get offended by by everything. There's a handful of people on the Internet who, who find themselves getting offended. And I guess what I, I say is that, that but that's always going to be the case. It, lighter is better. Is that really now going to be racist when you're, you're not saying lighter is better when you're talking about people? You're talking about they're trying to sell light beer, for goodness sakes. 1253, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. 1257, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. I'm sorry, I jam phone lines on that. The Brewer Baseball coming up in just about a minute or so. Let me, let me just leave you with a thought. Instead of Heineken Light, what if we were doing a commercial for Guinness Stout? You know, a dark beer, same same exact commercial. Bartender slides the Guinness down the bar, past people, ends up in the hands of an attractive young woman, and instead of the tagline, lighter is better, we say darker is better. All right, is, is that racist? And my answer would be, of course, of course not. I mean, that's it's we're trying to sell beer for goodness sakes, whether it's light beer or dark beer. We're trying to sell beer. My advice to all the people out there who are have concerns about racism in this world, concentrate on the important stuff. That's where you should spend your time. Maybe you'll get something meaningful accomplished. Okay, I'm out of time. Brewers baseball is next. Talk to you tomorrow. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ.